It's Friday night. You know what time it is. It's the Melrose Place podcast where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every single episode of the hit 90s TV series Melrose Place. I'm Jenny. And I'm Dan. Let's get cracking. Episode 28, Pushing Boundaries. Air date, April 7th, 1993. Whoa. Whoa. This episode has it all. It has it all, man. It has everything. This is the episode, guys. If we're looking for a turning point where we can say this is the episode that Melrose Place turned into the late night soap opera we know and love... Number 28, Pushing Boundaries. This is it. This is serious. We open up with some fake-ass U2-sounding singers. <laughs> and the the chorus was, Why can't you break? What? <laughs> That's what they were saying over and over. One thing... Um, Why can't you break? <laughs> well... I don't know what the answer to that is. Um, but have you? did you notice in the opening credits that Heather Locklear is still special guest star? Yeah. She will be that for the entire run. She's never like never. an actual turn to the camera and smile girl? She is. She will be. But it'll. she'll never be in that lineup. That walk, that walking lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, it'll just be like she like t- like later she'll like turn around and it'll be like. But she gets like her own like turn around and look at the camera and smile shot, where it says Heather Locklear. Ah, uh, if if memory serves me, n- no, it is it's different for her. Hmm. But it's it. I think the entire run it's special guest star. Wow. And I, I, and I think that I think it's that way because, uh. I'm speculating, and I I feel like I heard this somewhere, but like, you get paid more to be a special guest star. To be a guest star, yeah. So she guest stars the entire run, and it's just always that. Cool, wouldn't surprise I'll, me. I'll fact fact check me on that. Um, I know there's some Melrose Place fans of ours that know a lot more about the show than than us. So yeah. let us know. But but yeah. So we open up at D&D, and Allison is walking into work, and right behind her, Amanda is hurrying up. Um, Allison, do you have the the finished update on the soft drink account that we've been working on? And she's like, yeah, I'll just show it to freaking Lucy. And she's like, can I give it to you when we get into the building? No, Allison, I need to see it now before my 10 a.m. appointment. Just give it to me. So... Amanda looks at it for exactly 2.3 seconds. That's all she needs. That's it. To know that it is slipshod work. What the fuck is slipshod? Because I'm going to start using that term a lot. Uh, It's like not good. It's sloppy. It's um, slipshod. You never heard that before? I thought she said slipshod. I think it's shod with a D. I don't know though. I'm calling everything slipshod. Okay, well, people might... That kind of seems like a hockey term. Get ready, 
because there's going to be a lot of things that are slipshot work. Okay, well, she is like, and Allison, please don't challenge me about this because Allison is like, well, I think we should ask Lucy about it, which is not the first time Allison has done this with Amanda. Anytime Amanda is displeased with her work, she's Allison's like, can we go to Lucy? And every time she's like, no, I'm your boss, Allison. Yeah, but have you noticed how bipolar she is? Uh, Amanda, because she's always like, Allison, this work is terrible. How's Billy doing? Yeah, yes, and that's exactly what she does. What's up with Billy? Um, how's Billy? Why don't you send him that? Tell him that I send my love. Yeah, and then I don't, I don't understand why Allison still uses Billy to ruffle Amanda's feathers because it's clearly affecting the the way that Amanda treats Allison. She should just give over Billy. So that Amanda stops shitting on her at work. You know what I mean? Well, she, again... It's like the only thing she has over Amanda. You know, Allison, she wants to be the, like, perfect model employee. And that means not mixing your personal life with your professional life. I guess so. Next scene, uh, we're at Billy's new work. What was that magazine called? Escapade Magazine. Right. The the Porn Palace. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, we're, we're greeted with, uh, Cameron played by Patrick, uh, Brune. I can't read my own handwriting. Sorry, Patrick. But, um, he, he's known for, uh, his work in Men in Black. Oh. And he was in Galaxy Quest. Those are like the two best things well, he's been in. Well, Dan, can we back up a little bit? Because when we open this scene, Billy is taking a call at somebody else's desk. He's like, like standing over someone. Like, yep, I'm just fact checking it. Uh huh. Thanks. Bye. And then he walks away from her desk, and I'm like, does Billy not have a phone at his desk? You gotta earn that phone. Maybe he doesn't have one, and he's got to go to the receptionist desk to take calls. Phones are a privilege over at Escapade. Probably, <laughs> and that's when we meet Cameron. Right, Cameron is running around. He's a little more combative since the last time we met him. And on the last episode. He lets Billy know that Billy's not the only one doing the fact-checking in the office. Yep. Cameron's been doing a little fact-checking on Billy. He's like, um, so, bud, um, called Columbia, and strangely, they don't have any articles written by Billy Campbell, William Campbell, Bill Campbell, Bill Campbell. <laughs> I even looked up Wilhelm. Well, basically, the jig is up. He's like, look, I know you lied on your resume, and it's like, this is what we do. We're fact checkers, and we're supposed to be telling the truth here, and you are a liar. And I thought Billy was just going to like leave, because Billy's he's sort of a, of a sissified, like, avoid confrontation type of guy. I thought he was just going to pack up and go, but he just turns around, he's like, You know what, Cameron? If you're going to tell on me, do it. And Cameron's like, oh, already did. And then cue, uh, somebody has a phone on their desk because it comes on and there's a speaker. And Nancy's like, Billy, can I see you in my office now? Yeah, and he's just like, ta-ta, bitch, I already told on you. (laughs) Uh, So uh, Nancy is Billy's boss. She's uh, played by Meg... Whitner. She's known for her work on Seventh Heaven, 90210, 
and I think some General Hospital. So a Darren Star favorite. Yeah. Uh, she calls Billy out. She's basically like, look, man, heard about the fact that you did not go to Columbia and you are not how you represented yourself, but I believe in second chances. And I love your abs. <laughs> well, basically, I'm like bracing myself for, okay, Billy's getting fired for sure. And Billy even acknowledges this. He's like, look, I admit it. I lied on my resume. And, and nowadays, it's not about the person who's applying. It's about where they went to school. And I don't have a fancy college career, but I'm a writer. I'm a good writer. And I wanted to write for this magazine. And if you have to let me go, I understand. And Nancy's like, oh, oh, contraire. No, I want you to write these little puff pieces and be like a step up from what you are now. You're not going to be doing a fact checking anymore. You'll just write a couple of little articles and it's not anything more than what you're getting paid now, but that could change down the road and I want to give you a chance. So Billy, once again, gets rewarded for doing the wrong things. It's This is echoing Allison's career at D&D to me so much. I feel like even the way Nancy worded this promotion was exact wording that Allison got when she got promoted at D&D. And they're both, it's, they're both C's, Nancy and Lucy. Yeah. And they both look the freaking same. They look so well. Like, just just get another Nancy, uh, chop the other one's hair off. Give the cockatiel haircut, and then that's the only way that we can differentiate <laughs> them. But, I mean, what, what Billy is saying here, I totally get. Like, it's true. I mean, people want to see the, the your credentials. And it doesn't matter if you're just good anymore. So then we head on over to the hospital and Kimberly and Michael come rushing into the break room laughing and joking about some emergency surgery that Michael had to do. Yeah, they're like yucking it up over it. Like, (laughs) did you see how that one went? Well, no, they were talking about tattoos and apparently whatever the surgery that Michael had to perform... He had to make an incision in this person's tattoo. And in doing so, he completely cut out a letter of the girlfriend's name that was tattooed on yeah. his patient. She's like, you cut the A out of her girl, of his girlfriend's name. And he's like, oh, who cares? Try to sue me for malpractice. See if I care. That's not cool, Mancini. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, that's somebody's life. That's so reckless, Mancini. Okay. So then they play a little... They play a little game of uh, find the tattoo on, right. on Kimberly. So Kimberly reveals that she has a tattoo. Right. And, then and she, guys, 92, like if a girl had a tattoo, I think this was like big news. He's like, say what? So she's basically like, uh, I'll tell you where it is. I'll let, I'll let you guess where it is to Michael. And he, so he guesses like shoulder. And then she shows him a little bit. And then he's like. Uh, how about the ankle? And then she shows her freaking old ass Reeboks and her thick ass socks. Which her socks go up to her calf anyway, so there's no way that you could see a tattoo. But that's neither here nor there. And she's like, well, let's just put it this way, Michael. It's somewhere between my shoulder and my ankle. 
And then she does a fancy little spin that she yeah. was known for in the last episode. She loves those spins. A little spin, and then she drops down onto the couch next to Michael. She wow. says, it's somewhere you'd never expect. It's a butterfly, actually. And he's like, whoa, a butterfly? Which, <laughs> I mean, I think having lived through the late 90s and early 2000s, the butterfly was the most played out tattoo oh, you yeah. could ever get. If she says butterfly. In the small of my back. Like yeah, that is immediately just... center, center lower back. Tramp stamp. Tramp stamp all the way. That's got to be where it is. So this is when she establishes that she's dating a dermatologist and she's like, well, you know, the guy I'm dating doesn't really care for it because love is only skin deep. Mm -hmm. um, their little joke that they have about dermatologists. And as she's walking out of the break room, Michael yells out, ah, it's like your left cheek, isn't it? And she just catches him a little side eye out of like behind her shoulder and she's like, mm. You're getting warmer. Right. And then cue the Pink Panther Seinfeld music. <laughs> so we go to Shooters and Rhonda and Matt are having dinner. And as they're talking, Rhonda's like, oh my gosh, don't look now. But there is a guy across the board at the bar and he just keeps checking me out. I and, don't know what it is. And dude, I thought somebody like put gum in Rhonda's hair and she didn't <laughs> and she didn't notice. What the hell? Guys, rewatch this episode, fast forward to this part, and there's a freaking like seashell. It's a shell. It's like one little shell on one strand of hair. Hey, when was that ever cool? <laughs> I think it was. And it's and like the placement of that. It's I would just feel one. like I would feel like it'd be in the back. Or like, like a couple of them. Yeah, throw a couple in there. And like cause Rhonda like Girl, you're, like, working out. That could, like, hurt your eye where it is. Like, she's jumping and spinning. It could really, really cause some damage to her eyes. Well, she is saying that now that she's with Terrence and they're fully committed, it's like she has this air about her that all of the men that she sees on the streets just want her because she knows she's emitting some kind of fragrance that they can't have her yeah give me a break Rhonda. no one's looking at you yeah she's like oh um yeah it's because i'm omitting some unattainable uh i'm i'm out of the what is it like out of the league right out of the game right sort of thing so they're talking and this mysterious man across the bar that's been giving Rhonda the eye comes over. We think that he's going to introduce himself to Rhonda, but we can tell he's actually interested in Matt. Right. He's like, oh, hey, what's up? Uh, I think my firm represented you in your case. I'm, a, I'm an attorney. And he seems kind of slimy just to meet off the top. Really? I thought he, he seemed really nice. No, he's I like, hi, he I'm Scott slimy. Daniels, and I think he he actually represented the halfway house, not Matt. But he was like, you you looked familiar. I wanted to come over and say hello. Here's my card, and Matt's like, thanks, but I don't think I'm gonna need an attorney anytime soon. And the guy's like, well, how about dinner then? Yeah. And then Matt's like, oh, okay, yeah, well, like, sure, oh. I'll call you. Uh, Scott Daniels is played by Brian McNamara. 
And he's known for uh, being on the OC, Arachnophobia, and Short Circuit. I love Short Circuit. I don't remember him in it, though. Hmm. And then as he walks away, Matt goes to Rhonda. So what was it you were saying about your irresistible scent? Which I loved. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. In your face, Rhonda. Nobody wants you except Terrence. <laughs> so we're back to Allison and Billy's apartment. And Allison is going over the voicemails of the day. And she's playing them out loud on the answering machine. Oh, these are not voicemails. These are answering machines. They called the message is called an answering machine. They did not. They called them like a voicemail is on a cell phone. Babe, it's the same thing. But it's not. They don't. Okay, it's a message. You, when you never when a you voice got, message. But when you got a, a phone call back then, you weren't like I had to check my voicemails. You said I have to check my machine. Okay. I'm sorry about the semantics. They had a message on the answering machine. So, Allison is checking her messages on her machine. Thank you. Okay. And there is Amanda leaving Billy a message. And she's like, Billy, this is Amanda. And this is my third and final time that I will be calling you. However... I just wanted to call to say congratulations on your new job. I hope everything is going well for you, and I knew you could do it. She calls people like she's a creditor. (laughs) This will be my final message before I send a collection agency after you. So Take it easy, Amanda. The tail end of the message, Billy comes in, and you can tell that Allison is trying to conceal this message from Billy. So she stops the tape immediately and just tries to act natural as he walks in. Yeah, now, I didn't get this at first, but Billy's talking about his first, like, uh, article, and it's a dog wedding? Yes. And his column is called Urban Absurdities? Right. So... (laughs) He's Billy, just... Billy's character can be summed up by urban absurdity. <laughs> His whole life is an urban absurdity. Well, he had the opportunity to cover this dog wedding, and he went into detail about how the dogs met and how beautiful the wedding was, and they're joking about this. And then he asks Allison, hey, any messages? And she immediately says, oh, <laughs> no, I think the machine is on the fritz again. Then he's like, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy a new machine when I get my paycheck. So it's the next day, and Nancy is reading Billy's uh, article on the dog wedding. And she's very impressed. She says, this is wonderful. I may have to do some editing, but, you know, I think that this is good, and this could lead to something bigger, maybe even a staff writer position. I have an opening, and I think that you're going to be a perfect fit as she strategically puts her hand mm-hmm. on Billy's shoulder. getting Putting the paws on him, getting a little handsy. And Billy, you can tell that Billy does feel uh, a little uneasy about this touch. Finally, we have some subtle emotion out of Billy. He's usually just deadpanned. Yeah. You know, with but, like nothing oh, on his face. Oh, but we're getting some from, from him here. And then... She goes to adjust his tie and is like, oh, your tie's just a little crooked and uh, I want you to be looking nice because you're now a staff writer. And he's like, Nancy, I don't know how I can thank you. And she just looks at him knowingly and like with a little twinkle in her eye says, we'll think of something. 
the, the only note I have here. You have all that written. Here's what I have. <laughs> Billy, staff writer. Nancy fixes Ty wants the D. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very evident. She's very suggestive in all of her um, words and her movements regarding Billy. So now we're, we head to D&D advertising. Uh, Amanda is making Allison redo everything. She's taken like so many shots at her. And uh, Amanda just like, she's just all over Allison. Just verbal assault. Anytime Allison turns in any kind of work, Amanda is just like, this is sloppy. This is terrible. I've looked at it for one second and I know that I cannot go to my client with this. This is going to hurt me more than help me. You need to redo this entire proposal. And every time Allison always suggests, let's go talk to Lucy. It's like, stop. Allison, freaking stop. Yeah, stop Amanda's being a your freaking bitch. boss. I get it. A lot of people are probably like, oh gosh, Amanda's the freaking bitch. Look at how she's acting. But I kind of feel like Allison is lucky to have this position. And maybe Amanda does have it out for her personally, but she needs to then make her work that much better. To speak volumes of what she's doing and not just be like, oh, can we go around like the top, go over your head and go talk to your boss yeah, about it? It's I like, hate that bullshit. No. We can't. We can't do it, yeah, Allison. That, sorry, that's my little rant. No, it's cool. It's totally cool. Tell us how you feel. So, during this, Allison gets a call at her desk and it's Billy. And of course, as soon as she says, hi, Billy, Amanda perks up and uh, she's listening, leaning over her desk. Oh, great. Yeah. 7 p.m. at the Bangkok Princess. Sounds great. I'll see you there. And here's what I don't like is that Amanda, uh, she flips way too, too much. Like you like you can't go go in and like shit on Allison and then immediately after a phone call, then be like, oh, Billy, tell him I said hello. It's like, fuck you. You know, like you can't, you can't just, you can't flip a switch like that. No, I think what they're trying to show is that she is trying, like, that she, I think that the character Amanda actually thinks herself impartial. I do. I think that she thinks that Allison is not doing good work and she's a very direct, blunt person. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, she has no qualms about really just like ripping into you about that but then when that's over and she's addressed it with you it's like oh whatever okay well what else is going on but i think the work at dnd like i would i would agree with you if there is like a right and wrong in this profession but with advertising it's so subjective that like as long as you're as long as you're advertising the product that the client has there isn't really a right and wrong so like Alice, Amanda can just choose what is good and what is bad, but it's like uh, it's it's just so trivial that like she could just be like, okay, Allison, this is cool. Th- then she'd have a better chance of getting back with Billy, you know. Well, only time will tell how this dynamic plays out. But for now. We kind of get the idea that Amanda knows where Billy's going to be that night and she might do something about it. Yeah, she's definitely into like crashing whatever this dinner party is. 
So we do go to dinner then the entire. Um, oh God! Everybody at Melrose Place is there, and it actually looks like a lovely dinner. They're outside. There's twinkle lights, and yeah, they're you having know, a nice time. There was a lot of extra settings in this one. Their budget is getting bigger. They, yeah, they went to a lot more places. The original, the first like tw- twenty episodes, it was either beach shooters. Or like in D&D. an or in an apartment or in D and D. That was it. Now they're running around to new restaurants, uh, new offices. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's looking good, and they're having a great time. They're out celebrating Billy's promotion, and towards the end of the meal, who should walk up to the table? Oh, I before before this, Billy is giving a speech. About how he, how like all the people at at the table have like affected his life, and it's supposed to be this really heartfelt speech. And who but Michael Mancini like takes a shot at Billy by like pretending to snore during the speech? Well, let me tell you what the speech said, guys. He's like, um, excuse me, everybody. I'd like to say a couple words. <laughs> Um, the friendship that we all have has really helped me and to um, keep me going. It's because of all of you. So, thank you. And that's when Michael is like snoring and everyone's like, oh, we're so proud of you. You're so great. And then that's when Amanda makes her appearance, chiming in to the conversation oh. by saying, yes, Billy, we are all very proud of you. I've left three messages on your answering machine. I don't know if you've received them, but I just wanted to say congratulations. And I was here picking up takeout and I thought I would come over because I saw you sitting here. It's so tacky. It makes me think that she has like like Asperger's. <laughs> she has she has no like worry or qu- she's just like, "Oh, I'm here getting takeout. There's no way that no one could see through this bullshit." I don't think she cares. She's so assertive and so self-confident. She does not care. And her, what, you think her just being there throws the shade at Allison? Yes. And Allison's oh, immediately no, like, Dan, "Uh, because what?" Because she specifically says I've left you three messages on your on your um, answering machine, and I've told Allison several times to tell you hello. I trust that you're getting these messages, and she gives Allison a look, being like, "Ooh, bitch, I got you. I got you. I'm gonna call you out right here." Yeah, because, but you look like a stalker. But you have to think. You have to put yourself in Amanda's position. I think Amanda really can't fathom the idea that billy doesn't want her even though she dumped him she's probably thinking that it's because of allison who's withholding all of these messages that billy doesn't know that she's trying to get back into the picture Mm -hmm. so now she's coming to be like oh hey i'm here and i'm interested right well if she didn't get the message at the door when billy didn't kiss her back then I don't think she ever will. So when she leaves and everybody else is leaving the restaurant, the characters have something to say about this. I mean, Joe and Allison, they're walking together. And Joe's like, wasn't that really weird? I'm Why on, would Amanda yeah. show up like that? I'm on Joe's side. Yeah. It's well, because like, well, uh, if above anything else, like I get her intentions for being there, but being there is 
tacky and desperate as fuck. Like if like you guys gotta agree with me on that at least. Alright, well, Allison is like, well, I have been erasing all of her messages <laughs> to Billy, so uh, maybe uh, that is kind of weird that I've been doing that. She's screening her calls, and then Michael, Michael and uh, Jake are like coaching up Billy, and and Michael is basically saying like, hey man, look, bro, I'm married. So I got to live vicariously through your sexual escapades. So you need to nail Amanda immediately. Yeah, he's like, you need to keep her around, even as a friend. I mean, she is so desperate for you. And Billy's like, look, I don't love her. I don't want to lead the yeah. girl on. Shut up, Billy. And and Michael's like, follow your libido as long as you can. Yeah, and he even says like, well, you know what? Maybe she doesn't want love. Maybe maybe she just wants the physical stuff. You ever think of that? <laughs> and then that leads Michael into, so well, uh, you can have an, in- an intense attraction to another woman, but it doesn't really mean anything, does it? Yeah, it's like, dude, what are you talking about? And they get the reaction of Jake and Billy, who are kind of like, uh, what? And the question is just kind of left hanging, and then they cut to the next scene. Yeah, but they don't, they know. They're like, oh, Michael's about to cheat. Well, that's actually confirmed in the next episode, because Joe and Jake are in bed together, and um, Jake says to Joe, it was really weird, because Michael was kind of, searching for permission to talk to this woman that he's really attracted to and they kind of get on the topic of like oh yeah i mean it's all about physical stuff but we like each other because we didn't sleep with each other right off the bat and we actually like each other for the people we are yeah they do you ever don't you feel like it's a little lazy of the writers to just always put Joe and Jake in bed. Well, they're always in bed. I have a note that things are going way too well for Joe and Jake. Yeah. Like, that's part of my predictions. But, guys, like, you could put them, you could put them in Jake's bikes having this conversation. You could even put them, like, at, at, like, on a motorcycle, like, parking and walking down the street having this same conversation yeah, and because they they're always go to bed beings and they love each other and they want to have sex all the time but it's not even revealing it they're just draped in this pink satin crap and it's like okay uh like they could make out anywhere it's melrose place i don't know i'm just a little sick sorry of, you I'm, don't see a bra in this i'm just a little <laughs> sick scene. of them i'm a little tired of seeing them in bed is all okay so Allison goes into Billy's room, and at first I thought, God, this is another freaking dream. We see Allison's bare legs knocking mm-hmm. on Billy's door, and I'm like, this is freaking gonna be Billy being like, oh, I'm having another dream that Allison's coming to me in sexy stuff, wanting to talk to me. But we were surprised it was it was re- this reality. Was, this was real life. Billy's room does look like a nine-year-old's. <laughs> Does look like a child's room. The only thing missing is uh, solar system stickers that glow in the dark on the on the ceiling, and a race car bed, a race car bed, <laughs> and some kind of like 
a hangy airplane like from well, the ceiling. The per- looks like a child. In the room. background, it does look like there's some kind of like sailboat pattern or something on it. It's a fucking well, boy. He's sitting there, and Allison basically comes into grovel and asks for forgiveness because pretty much, you know, Amanda blew up her spot. She has been withholding these messages, and she's wearing like a like a. It's, it's like a it's a triple XL rugby shirt. Yeah. 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 So she doesn't have anything on the bottom. She just has this oversized shirt on and she's basically like, Billy, I'm so sorry. Like I have been keeping these messages from you. Amanda has been asking about you. And Billy's just like sitting on his high horse. He loves it. He's like, "Mm." and Allison, you didn't just withhold the messages from me. You lied to me too. Yeah. He's, and he's so excited because he's like, because he's never, he's never been in this position. It's always Allison yelling at him about how he's lying. He's like, well, guess what? You, you lied. I can't believe I'm saying it. You lied. So she says, I really want to take you out to lunch tomorrow to apologize. And he's like, well, am I still going to get my messages? And she's like, yes, you are. So they kind of like leave on the note that they're okay. And they're going to have lunch the following day. It's the next day. Allison goes to Billy's work to check it out. And she immediately Runs into weird-ass Cameron. Allison's basically like, hey, so where's Billy? I'm taking him to lunch. Cameron is super interested in Allison. He's like, are you the girlfriend? And she says, nope. And he's like, they're over there. No, she says, not exactly. Does she? Yes. Which is like, um, then what are you? Interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Okay, Allison. But so they, but they're both peering into the bought Nancy's office as she's talking to Billy, and it's it's they can just they're just witnessing what's well, going on. Dan, okay, she's not just talking to Billy. She's lounging on top of the conference table, her legs just kind of draping over, just laughing. Oh! <laughs> and then she gets up and they're talking about like men's relationship with their hair. And she's like tossing Billy's hair and like standing behind him and putting her hands on his shoulders. Right. And this running is... her fingers through his hair. And he, she's like, oh, yes, this is a great idea, Billy. You should write an article all about men's relationship with their hair. Right. It's like they took this scene straight out of a sexual harassment training video. Yeah. And she's like, but your hair is so nice. You'd never have to worry about going bald. (laughs) Sleep with me, Billy, please. (laughs) So, um, Allison and Billy go out to lunch in a park. I guess they got like something to eat quickly and they're walking around and they probably just hit a food truck you know billy hasn't gotten paid and um allison does comment that hey you know it looked kind of weird you and nancy were like really close in that conference room together i mean she was running her hands through your hair billy as she's sucking down a minute made juice box right (laughs) What is up with the Minute Maid juice boxes in this episode? I don't know. There's a lot of them, guys. <laughs> Billy defends Nancy. He's like, look, we were talking about an article about hair. It's fine. And she's and he's like, what is up with you, Allison? Every time I'm with a female, you get jealous. First it's Amanda, now it's Nancy. I mean, you can't have me all to yourself. 
You just can't, Allison. So he gets upset. He storms away, and you know they're kind of in a tiff. Next scene, we're at the 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 break room, which I'm going to now call the clubhouse of the at, hospital at the hospital with uh, Michael and Kimberly. And I'm going to call it the clubhouse because they got bunk beds in there. They got a soda machine. They don't do any work. All they do is play and do spins and talk about tattoos. This is a clubhouse. So they're talking and Kimberly is talking about this dermatologist that she's dating. While they're eating child sandwiches. And drinking Minute Maid juice boxes. Dude, this is a clubhouse if I ever saw one. <laughs> or a Minute Maid just sponsored this episode. But yeah. there are lots of Minute Maid juice boxes up in here. The only thing missing is a couple comic books. Kimberly is like, well... He took me out to this nice dinner, and it was one of those old steakhouses that had the wood paneling, you know. And I'm thinking we're taking things to the next level, but I am blindsided by him telling me that he's reconnected with his old girlfriend, and they're going to get married, and he invites me to the wedding. And then Michael, as he's like ro- like eating really <laughs> grossly the sandwich, he's like, well, you know what, Kimberly, he's uh he did your favor. With his mouth full. Like, listen, 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 Kimberly. You're, you're a beautiful girl. Mm, this, this bologna sandwich is delicious. <laughs> and he's like, you don't have to wait, waste your time on him. And she's like, you know what? I cried last night, Michael. I cried. But not for him. I cried because I have a wonderful friend that I can never have. And Michael's like, oh, wow, does he know? And then she just takes Michael's hand and looks him deeply in the eyes and says, he does now. Boom. Whoa. Like, you thought she was being direct at her house when he was fixing her sink? Now it's like all her cards are on the table. Oh, no, Dan. The next line is all the cards are on the table, (laughs) which is, I'd like to spend the night with him at least once. (laughs) Whoa! At least once. Me and Dan just looked at each other like, ah! Dude, this is the Kimberly I remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Super. And, like, the evolution of Kimberly is pretty interesting as well. Like, she has had very little screen time up till, up till now. And do you remember, like, the first few episodes? She's just, like, a kid, kid sister. At the hospital, like, hey, Michael, what you doing? And he's just like, get the hell out of here. Well, now I, she's like, she's like commanding, like very attractive, very like bright eyed and like, take me. You well, know? I think that's a credit to Marsha Cross. Yeah. Because I think she's just such a, she is a commanding actress that she really does grab you and she really makes you feel for her and feel uh, but I mean, I I felt sorry for her. I'm rooting for her, although of course I don't want Michael to be unfaithful. But I I feel for Kimberly. Do you think um, like do you care about Jane? In a way, yeah. I I like I kind of do. Dan, you were like, oh my god, poor Jane, poor. Jane. You were saying that well, the whole episode. I know. Shut up. Like I just I don't like cheating, but it's like Jane, you're just ah. Uh. This is, I don't know. Jane Jane has it coming. Okay, well, we will get back to this topic, guys. Yeah. 
But in the meantime, Matt is getting ready for his date. He's out in the um, <laughs> the courtyard with Rhonda. And Guys, Rhonda, he looks terrible. He's like, how do I look? He, well, Matt, you have a weird polo shirt on with a Cosby sweater over it, khakis, and tennis shoes. Looks, I don't know. How do you look? You look so bad, Matt. <laughs> you looked better at the, at the freaking boys' home when you used to wear jeans and a, a blue dress shirt and a jacket over it. You just don't look good, Matt. Well, <laughs> Matt, you, you gotta do. So- I'm sorry. Like I feel like I'm talking to him right now. I'm, I'm like, Matt, listen, bro. You gotta get back in the body pump. You gotta get some blood pumping through your face. Maybe you're, you're lit. You have a Simpsons face. Get like, some chapstick and just make your lips a different color than your skin. You know the Simpsons characters? How they're just all yellow. That's Stop. Matt. That's Matt. Matt is a Simpsons character. Anyway, um, during this exchange, Billy comes in and you can tell he's pretty frazzled. He's been working to the bone as a staff writer, writing about dog weddings. And he's like, oh, I'm just (laughs) (laughs) working so much. And um, he goes into his apartment there, Allison has been slaving over dinner. She's like, oh, good, Billy, you're home. I'm so sorry about the way that I acted at lunch. So as a, as a, I'm sorry, here's an I'm sorry for my, my I'm sorry lunch. Um, and it's a terrible dinner. It well, is horrible She even looking. made a joke being like, it took me about an hour to open the can of sauce because she made spaghetti and like a salad. And he's like, oh, sorry, Allison, I can't really work. I have, I just came home to change my shirt and then I've got to go meet Nancy back at the office. We've got so much work going on now that I'm a staff writer. And she's like, but what about my dinner? And he's like, well, I'll eat it for breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> they do talk about um, Nancy and he's like, do you really think that she was coming on to me? And mm-hmm. Allison's like, oh. No, she might be a touchy-feely kind of a person, and I don't know her very well. I'm sure she's great. I overreacted. I'm so sorry. Just please be my friend again. Yeah, she's back to groveling. She does a lot of that this episode. She really does. She's just so weak now. So, we now go back to the hospital. It's later in the day. Kimberly's walking out to her car after her shift, and Michael Mancini is running out behind her. Kimberly, wait! Kimberly! Kimberly! And she's like, look, Michael, I'm I'm so stupid. I'm sorry that I said something. I feel humiliated now. It was just a stupid flirtation. And I'm never going to make this mistake again. And then Michael grabs her and Shuts plants, that door. He shuts her car door. Shuts the car door he's to like, prevent her from getting in. He's like, girl, you ain't going nowhere. And plants a hard open mouthed kiss on Kimberly Shaw. And you know what? It's probably the most passionate kiss of the show. It was, yeah. Oh, it really well, was. Joe and Jake have good kisses too. Yeah. But this rivaled it. Yeah, this was a very big moment. So they like have a little like make out sesh and then he was like did that feel like a mistake? And she goes to him don't start something you're not willing to finish. And then he says, it's not that easy, Kimberly. And she's, of course, perturbed. And she's like, you know what? Get away from me. And she gets into her car and looks over her shoulder and says, figure it out, doctor. Ooh. 
and speeds away. Speeds away. In her away. hot little convertible, too. Mm-hmm. With the top down in the parking lot all day. She ain't playing. It's good weather. It's L.A. Yeah, well, even uh, being a doctor and having your car parked out front, I would not trust the bad people of L.A. It's the 90s. Anyway. It's all good. Matt and Scott are out to dinner. And right off the bat, Scott's like, oh, hey, do you mind if I smoke in here? Yeah, what the fuck? And I, you can tell that Matt's kind of like, oh, like on his little checklist. It's like, mm, that's the mark against him. But Matt's like, no, that's cool. Go ahead. Smoke. Smoke if you want to. What's up with smoking indoors? Ugh. Well, it's 1993, Dan. I, They're uh, sitting in the smoking section. I'm so glad we're not there anymore. So he's basically saying that he works for the attorney's office that that Matt had his case going through. But so Matt immediately thinks that he's representing the little guy. And he's like, yeah, well, there's so much corporate greed out there and somebody's got to be standing up to these big huge corporations wanting to take everything from everybody and scott's like oh actually i work for those big greedy corporations that are dangerous and irresponsible but you know what i feel like in this day of the of my life i've got to really make all the money that i can i'm actually going to try to open my own firm doing the same kind of work because it's so lucrative and then when i'm older i can really play out my altruistic side and he says something to matt he's like they've got rights too which is true and and matt being so giving and so uh you know so not wanting to ruffle anyone's feathers he even agrees with them and he's like well you know you're you have a point you're right you can tell it's another little mark against scott and then scott's like oh yeah i remember you you had an airtight case of discrimination and you just walked away i mean you could have made like a killing on that man god and that's kind of the last straw for matt he's like you know what scott you're wrong because you gotta stand up for something. You have to be a good person and you have to have core values. And if you don't stand for anything, I mean, who are you? Right and on. Right on. You can tell that, that uh, they're not a good match. Yeah, they will not be going on any future dates. So now we go to finally, we get a scene with Jane. We're at Jane and, and Michael's apartment. Michael comes home from a hard day's work of making out with his co-workers. And Jane has this lovely dinner prepared for him. She is, you know, she is so needy of just something from her husband, you know? She just wants love. Yeah, she just wants love. And attention. So he comes home and he's immediately like, not having this. I gotta go to bed. And she's basically like, Michael... I made you this dinner. You're working so hard. Just please eat Sit with down, me. Sit down, eat. He's like, I just want a sandwich. Yeah, he's like, you know what? I don't even want a sandwich. To be honest, I had dinner at, at the at the hospital. And she, he's just like, can we just save this for tomorrow? And of course, like Jane's just like, yeah, whatever. Fine. Yeah, and you can tell that she's hurt, but she doesn't suspect a thing. Yeah, she's just like, she just thinks he's defeated and... In, My husband uh, has entire. a challenging job and he needs to go to sleep. Yeah, so, but really he's like, 
I gotta save all this up for <laughs> save it all up for Kimberly. So, um, Billy, we're with Billy, and he goes back to the office. They're in Nancy's office. It's late. They're very just, late. Yeah, I mean the lights are down. Uh, I, would, I would say extraordinarily late. And there's like a full bar. <laughs> well, but they're drinking water. She's like, all I have is water. I hope that's okay. But it looked very... I thought it was wine. I thought she was drinking wine. I thought wine. they were at an apartment at first, but no, this is her office. And she's like, oh, come sit by me, Billy, while, while I read your work. And she's looking over and she's like, oh, yeah, this is really good, Billy. Thanks, you did such a good job. And she's like, oh, <sighs> these 15-hour days are really stressing me out. Oh, my neck is so tight. Say, like, Billy, can you work this out for Just me? rub it a little bit. And he's like, uh, yeah, sure, I guess. And you know what, Billy? I would just, just do it, bro. Just do it. She looked better than like his first couple girlfriends. I know. He's like, just go ahead. That first one, he, the one he fell in love with, the cab driver. He oh, yeah. Picked her up from the cab. What? And they were at the same, like, Bruce Springsteen concert. She was like, and she, like, stole Allison's deodorant. Yeah. She was way worse than, Luce, than well, Nancy. Well, Nancy is enjoying this little rub down, and she's like, oh, Billy, don't ever stop. Mm. And then she turns around and goes in for the kiss. And immediately, Billy's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I have to go. I have to go. Yeah, what? Billy, sorry, bro. That continues. You need, you need, to, you need to just see that. <laughs> just see that one through, buddy. So Nancy's like, um, is that the thanks that I get for everything that I've done for you? And Billy's like, okay, let's just forget this ever happened. And then she's like, okay, well, let's just forget about your promotion then. You are back to fact-checking, my friend. Ouch. Ouch. So now we go to Matt and Rhonda. Uh, Matt's getting his laundry, just doing his chores, and Rhonda's like, Hey, buddy, how was your how was your date? And he, he just tells her honestly. He's like, I wasn't really feeling it. And she's just, she pushes him. She's like, oh, come on. You should see him again. Go see him again. He was cute. You should see him again. And Matt's like, bitch, why the fuck? Are you all up on me? Is it because I'm gay and you think I'm just supposed to bang everybody? And Rhonda's like, oh, ouch. I didn't re- like, I know that that's how they wanted to come off, but I just felt like Rhonda was just being very supportive of him because you, like, look, let's put ourselves in Rhonda's shoes for a minute. Remember that scene a couple episodes back where Matt basically told Rhonda that he was jealous of her, that she had found like her somebody and he was still looking for that somebody. And Rhonda is just genuinely trying to be happy for him and like, how'd it go? And he just bites her head off. That's how Matt does. When Matt gets angry, he is passionate. Do you remember with him and like Abuelo? Oh, yeah. What's wrong, Essay? Tell me how you feel. Oh, I remember. And how, I remember. how he was with his dad. He just gets up out of family dinner and is like, I'm gone. Yeah. And then well, he, you're he, right. had, he had angry laps, angry swim laps. He did the swim diss. Swim diss against Rhonda. Yeah. Yep. Leave me alone. 
<laughs> Matt's Matt's got a he's he's a cannon. He's well, a loose cannon. Yeah, I but I really took it as like she was just trying to be supportive, and he does bring up the fact like because she does say, "Did you sleep with him?" And he's like, "No, what? Do, because I'm gay, I'm supposed to yeah. bang him the so first some, day some I kinda, met him." Some kind of hoe. And he's like, "I'm just like you, Rhonda. I do, I want the same things you want. I don't want just to have like sexual relations with someone I just met. I want." That somebody, but you know they're cool. They like they have a little spat, and then they're kind of just like, "All right, well, sorry, we're cool." So we're back to Allison and Billy's apartment, and Allison is just like, "You know, I just have to stand toe to toe with Amanda. I have to stop like cowering down from her, and I've got to show her that I'm like a tough cookie, and I'm not gonna take her crap." And all the while, Billy is very. He's um, depressed. Absent-minded, and, well, he's just not really in the moment, and he's kind of just, like, inward thinking probably about what had transpired last night between him and, and, and Nancy. And here's the thing about this with Billy. Everyone around Billy tells him that he's a good writer. They tell him he's a hard worker. They tell him he's super talented. And then he gets this job. He is reinforced by getting this job. He gets promoted very quickly. So again, his ego is, is, is fulfilled. He thinks he is awesome. And then he finally has to realize that he did not get this job because he's talented at all. It's because he's somewhat attractive for 1993. <laughs> and that hurts him so bad. So he's just down in the dumps. And this is like, guys... What is up with the blocking here? He's eating a bowl of cereal. Well, first, he says, first start the table. And Amanda goes, Billy, are you all right? And he goes, I'm fine. Wait a minute. No, I'm not fine. I am not doing right. I'm a fact checker again. I got demoted because I didn't want to sleep with Nancy. I should have just slept with my boss. And that's when he gets up. He has a bowl of cereal that he That's like done. that he was eating but it's just milk and he goes to the counter and he pours more <laughs> milk into his bowl of milk. So weird. And then he takes a spoonful of milk and just eats it. It's like Like what are you a cat? You just have a bowl of milk and you've added to the milk and now you're eating the milk by the spoonful. This is a and it's like a dollop. He like adds a little little drop of milk to it. And he's like, I'm a guy. I like sex. I should have just done it. Why didn't I do it? Yeah, why didn't you do it, Billy? <laughs> so we go over to Michael and Jane's apartment. And Michael's shaving in the mirror. And then Jane comes up and is like, I love you. <laughs> Stage five clinger. Clinged up on him. And he's like, Jane, please. I'm trying to shave my face. And she's like, Michael, why don't you come visit me for lunch today? And we can have our little dinner tonight. And he's like, look, I have a lot going on at the the hospital. I can't break away. But she's like, but we can have our dinner tonight, right? Promise, promise, promise. And he's like, yes, fine, I promise. Then he goes to the kitchen, picks up his phone. Now, this is only after Jane has already left for work, though. Right. She leaves for work. He goes to the kitchen, picks up his phone, and dials Kimberly's number from memory. and he says Kimberly I have to see you Ah! oh man oh my god oh man getting crazy 
So we go to Escapade Magazine and Billy walks into Nancy's office and says, we have to talk. Nancy goes, no, we don't. And Billy says, did I give you any signs? I, I, did I do anything to make you think that I wanted you like that? And Nancy is like, Billy, I just don't think you have the maturity to be a staff writer. So I'm sorry, that's it. And if you don't want the job, you can leave. And Billy's like, well, fine, I am going to leave. And you know what, Nancy, I liked you and I liked this magazine and I really wanted to do well. But you know what I found? Some people use the power that they have to make people feel small. And that is really awful. So goodbye. And he spins around on his heel and walks right out the door. But something that he said struck a chord in Nancy. Billy, wait. Billy comes back in and she's like, Shut the door. He does. I was really embarrassed about what happened last night, Billy. And I really hoped that you'd find me attractive. And when you didn't, you know, it was hurt my ego. And I came up in this industry. I had a lot of come-ons. And I wanted to turn the tables. And it was the wrong thing to do. Yep. And so he's. she's like, I have a proposition for you. I want you to be the staff writer still. No funny business from me. And he's like, oh, okay, well, you got yourself a deal. As long as you say you're sorry. Yeah, he's just, he's still living off kid rules. (laughs) So, (laughs) just like that, things are cool. Billy still gets to keep his job and everything's, like, good. That he only got because she wanted to do it to him. Now he just has that job. So... He's cool. Little tied up in a neat little bow for us. Let's go back to the story that matters. <laughs> Kimberly and Michael. So Michael knocks on Kimberly's door. She opens. She's a, she can tell she's a little nervous. She's like, hey, uh, how's it going? I got lunch for you. Um, I got some wine. And Michael is just like straight faced. Like, I'm ready to do this. Okay. But guys, how this happens Kimberly is walking. Michael stops her dead in her tracks. She's looking. He's She's facing forward. Michael is looking at her profile. And he takes the back of his hand. <laughs> and stereotypically just caresses her cheek with the back of his hand. And she's melting. Like, <gasps> as this is going on. She is melting. And she's like, I've got the wine. Oh, I forgot to chill it. Uh, And then it's just on. So they start ferociously kissing one another. And Michael throws her down on the table that is set for lunch with these salads. They are on top of the salad getting ready to do it. They got salad back. So you, you can guarantee... The next episode is going to begin with them in the bed. Oh, absolutely. Or it would be better if they were like in like seriously, like just dressing from like like getting busy on a table with salad all over. I just want them to have lunch all over them. Oh, guys, it was so good. That's the end of the that's the end of the episode. That is it. Oh, but what a good one it was. This was a really, really good one. Really, really good one. 
Um, so to recap, Matt gets a date. Billy got sexually harassed at work, but stood up for himself and gets to keep his job. And Michael and Kimberly finally do it. Allison has been erasing all of Amanda's messages. And Amanda is a stage five clinger stalker with Billy. <laughs> all right. 90s moments. Let's bang through them. What you got, Jenny? Minute Maid juice boxes. Yep. There was a ton of those. They had to have sponsored it. Totally. Uh, Amanda's button down skirt at the very beginning with huge buttons running down it. Love it. You know, Jane even said... In the beginning of the episodes, that big buttons are a thing. Yeah. she It's, it's on trend. Uh, wire trash cans in the park. You know those old wire trash cans that you oh, can just pick yeah. up and throw no bags or anything in them? No bags. Cameron, he buttoned his top button of his polo shirt. Very 90s. And who could deny a smoking section in a restaurant? Kimberly's... Reebok classics and thick socks. Saying that somebody is fine. Mm, he's <laughs> fine. Rhonda's weird shell in her hair. And you just brought one up. Having a phone number memorized. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michael's beeper is showing at Billy's dinner. Uh, Joe's pink sheets. They're like satin. Allison's oversized rugby t-shirt to bed. Lots of 90s moments for you in this one. Mm-hmm. So, Dan, what is the lesson that you take away from this? My lesson for this episode, this episode just does not happen if you are professional at work. That's it. Be professional. Mm-hmm. Be professional at work. Do not try to sleep with your employees. Period. Or if you are professional at work, nothing cool would happen. So don't be professional at work. <laughs> yep. For me, I take away that um, st- that sometimes people have stereotypes in their head. And it's not always that way. Like, men can be sexually harassed too. What? Gay people aren't only into dating for sex. Mm. What? Weird, crazy revelations that in 1993 was probably really heady for the time. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Cool. So, uh, back to our favorite segment, Bitch of the Week. I'm a boss ass bitch. 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 Last week. Jenny, the test, my bitch of the week, was Counselor One. Who could forget your compelling argument? My bitch of the week was Lucy. Now, for the first time ever, this bitch of the week results in a tie. What? 50-50. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. So, nobody wins. Thanks a lot, guys. Or we all win. Or we all all win. But y'all know, you know Counselor One was a huge bitch. Okay. So That's this, a stretch. This week, who you got? Uh, this week, I am going with Michael Mancini. Reasoning, first thing is, he knowingly messed up somebody's tattoo. 
He thought it was like a little a little sport just for him. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> I'll just take someone's a letter out of somebody's tattoo. I don't care. I'm a jerk. Try to sue me for malpractice. See what happens. Booyah. That is a bitch move. <laughs> that is really <laughs> fucked up. Like that that guy has to go the rest of his life with this horrible tattoo that probably says like like Tanya instead of Tanya. Tanya? <laughs> Anyway, that's number strike one. Strike two, he comes home from work. His poor wife, who art has a full-time job, just like he does, she's working at home in her living room, doing some stuff on her dress form, has made a beautiful dinner for him, and he's like, I'm tired, when all he can think about is another woman. Mm. He won't even indulge her in having this stupid dinner that she's just made he goes right off to bed Mm. and then bringing it home he knowingly goes to kimberly's house with the intent of having sex with her Mm. total betrayal to his wife the person that he stood in front of god and the world and said that he was gonna love and cherish her forever he is doing the exact opposite. Therefore, Michael Mancini is the bitch of the week. Wow. Compelling. Oh, drop the mic. Don't drop this mic. This shit's expensive. <laughs> so, I don't know how I can top that. Uh, my bitch of the week is Allison freaking Parker. Oh. Here's why. Number one. Allison is always crying to Amanda about going to Lucy over her head. That is the worst thing you can do to somebody at work is try to go over their head and go around their authority. Not cool. That's a bitch move. Two, she's erasing her roommate's phone messages. What kind of person does this? That is meddling. That is not cool. If some, Especially back then, like, you don't come in contact with these people every day. You don't get texts. You, you get letters in the mail, and you get these phone messages. That Those were your texts. But they're not voicemails, guys, okay? Don't call them voicemails. Right. They're phone messages. She's erasing these. She is affecting people's lives. Uncool. Then she offers to take Billy to lunch. She takes him to a shitty lunch because they're in a park. There's no way there's good food there. And then she tells him that he's being sexually harassed as a new job. That's not cool. That's pretty bitchy. Then she cooks him the worst dinner ever. Did you see that spaghetti? Did you see the tomato sauce on it? It looked rancid. It looked like it was there for like four hours. And then when Billy comes home, he's like, I got to go back to work. She's like, she gets all mad about the dinner. It's like, my dinner. Not cool. She's sending mixed messages all over the place with that triple XL rugby shirt she was wearing. Knock, knock, Billy. I'm trying to fuck. Wait, no, I'm not. We're best friends. Gosh, that is very bitchy. So meddling. That is my bitch of the week. So, guys, as usual, you got to settle this for us. Go on Twitter and tell us what you think. Who is the real bitch of the week? Is it Michael Mancini or is it Allison Parker? Now, Jenny, if you had to rename this episode, which you do, what are you renaming it? 
Well, as we all know, this episode was called Pushing Boundaries. However, I would call it Unwanted Advances. Because there were a lot of come-ons to people who really didn't want to be come on to. Yep. You got Billy and his boss. You've got Matt and the dude Scott. All right. Mine is extracurricular activity. Mm. Because the two main storylines happened at work. Just go to work, guys. Don't bang your, your co-workers and, and employees. So, as we are seeing that these episodes are getting a little bit more risque, um, what are your predictions for upcoming episodes? I predict there is so much more cheating. I predict that this whole... I predict that that Allison and Amanda really have duke it out because they can't keep this up. Like, her just getting shat on and then her saying, well, let's go talk to Lucy. <laughs> This is, this is like the last three episodes have been like that. Um, and I predict the next episode starts with them, with Michael and Kimberly in bed together. And I predict that, like you said, something happens with Joe and Jake. They're just like too, too good. Yeah. It's too good. Yeah, I think you're totally right that this is the beginning of a crazy cheating relationship with Kimberly and Michael. And I think next couple of episodes, it's all about concealing it. And then Jane has got to find out at some point. I think that um, things are just going too good for Jake and Joe. And something is going to throw a wrench into that relationship. Uh, I think that we're going to start to see the beginning of Matt going on other dates because he's on that quest to find his someone. And I think that Billy's going to get back with Amanda. I think her coming to the dinner actually did open the door for Mm -hmm. Billy to give her another chance. And I think he's going to. So uh, we had some interactions with our fans this past week. Tommy. He thought that Amanda was the bitch of the week for the test. Oh, obvious choice, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. It, it, I think every episode it could be Amanda. For every episode. Her her character development is just like, bitch. So. And I'm sure we're going to nominate her many, many times in the future. But valid point. She could have definitely been the bitch of last episode. Valid point. And I have to concede, I guess bunder protest but uh miss ruby what's up how's it going and the you don't know ish girls jen and shana they both messaged us and said that it's one four three and not eight three one because it is dan it's one four three sorry to burst your (sighs) bubble but that's it it ain't eight three one it's one four three everyone knows that thank you ladies Guys, come on, man. You're killing me. So that is the episode. Thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We love interacting with each and every one of you on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Melrose Pod. Our email, if you have any questions or you think we left something out or you just want to say what's up, show us some cool Melrose Place stuff. It's MelrosePod at gmail.com. And you can always listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. We're on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Pod. if you ever want to 
contribute to the podcast and help us out a little bit. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. We love you. (laughs) 